Let's pray. Father, thank you very much for the day that is before us. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather together with other believers, to open up the Word of God and to study it and to see what you have for us. We thank you for the Spirit of God who lives in our lives and our hearts and rules. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit to constantly direct us toward you and toward truth. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for this book that directs us and gives us insight and wisdom, this book that you have given us so that we might understand and know you. And Father, as we study it in this class and as they study the Bible throughout all of the Sunday school classes this morning, we just pray that your Spirit would do a mighty work and that you would open up our eyes and our hearts, that we would see it and receive it, we would embrace it, and that, Father, that we would just be overwhelmed by what we have seen today as we study you. We thank you very much for the teachers, for their commitment and their willingness to lead our children and our teenagers. We pray your blessing upon them. Father, it is, a, it is a great privilege and a joy, we know it is, to be able to gather together in a place like this, on a day like this, for this kind of activity. And so I just pray that you would do a work in our lives right now. Father, that we would be able to put aside the worries and the concerns, the things that fret us and the things that consume us. We would just leave those behind. And that today, for a little while, we would just focus in on you. Father, that we truly would cast our cares upon you, understanding that you care for us, so that our mind can be stayed upon the Lord Jesus Christ and the truth that is before us. We thank you for the work that you do in our lives, and we thank you for the next t couple hours that we're here and involved in this activity. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning as we continue um, in our gospel project, we're talking about Solomon as asking for God's wisdom. We're going to look at Solomon. And um, one of the main lessons that we're going to look at today, obviously, is, is talking about how we need wisdom still today in our lives. Solomon needed it, and we need it still today. The theme is this, God's promise to make his people a light to the nations began to come true during the reign of Solomon, a king whose wisdom came from God. Solomon, the Christ connection, Solomon had great wisdom, obviously. He had great insight, only because he asked for, uh, for God, asked for it from God, and God gave it to him. And that, of course, is a sign, or it's looking forward to Jesus Christ, um, where we find all the wisdom is, all insight, all wisdom. And Solomon is pointing toward Jesus Christ, truly the greatest, far greater than Solomon. And then we learn also, and it is incredibly important, that if we're going to live our lives today with wisdom, we need to depend upon the Lord above to give us that wisdom. That if we try to do wisdom on our own, we have an earthly wisdom, we have a human wisdom that is not adequate, that is not good enough, that will not suffice, it will not be where, what it needs to be. We need to depend upon the Lord so that we can have the wisdom that we need to make the decisions that we need, the wisdom that we need to have the testimony that we need, the wisdom we have to be who we need to be for Jesus Christ. We cannot do it without Him. We need to make sure that we have it. Knowledge is simply information gained. If you just kind of put it that way, it's just information gained. Yes, ma'am. I'm nowhere yet. She wanted to know where we were, and I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely nowhere yet. So that's, so you're exactly where you need to be. All right. Don't open your Bibles yet. Okay, very good. 
I'm in the introduction. We're going to do some introductory verses here in a minute. <laughs> I appreciate that. Knowledge is information gained. <laughs> What's wisdom? Yeah, it's basically knowledge applied. Uh, wisdom is basically using that knowledge in the right way. That's what wisdom is. There's a lot of people with a lot of knowledge, but they don't know what to do with it. Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. Wisdom is the ability to discern, to judge. It's to do what is right and true. Um, that's what real wisdom is, and we need to understand that we can have a lot of knowledge, but if we don't have the wisdom to use that knowledge properly, we're in big trouble. We're in big trouble. And, you know, in the Bible church movement sometimes, we can, we can be a little bit too proud of our knowledge. We can be a little bit too proud of the fact that we know the Bible because we hold the Bible up as, a, as an incredibly high, a high thing, and it's our standard, and it's our book, and we cherish it. We talk about it all the time. We can take that, and we can have that where we say, look, look how smart I am. I know these things. But the Bible then talks about going beyond knowledge. The Bible talks about what are you going to do with that knowledge? What are you going to do with that knowledge? Okay? We need to use the knowledge that we have, and that requires wisdom, which, re which requires God doing something in our life. God imparting that to us so that we can really use that knowledge in a great, great way. All right? Let's look at some verses in the, in the New Testament that talk about wisdom, okay? Open your Bibles to James chapter 1. And we're going to bounce around before we, get, before we work our way to 2 Kings. That's where we're headed this morning. But we're going to do some verses on knowledge first. James chapter 1. This is a, this is a pretty important verse, James chapter 1. Now, as you begin James chapter 1, and he talks about it, he is talking about the testing of your faith. So he says, consider it all joy in verse 2, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, so in the immediate context, what's he talking about here? We need wisdom when we deal with what? Trials. Absolutely. In the immediate context, he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Great verse, because this verse says that God does something for us. What does God do for us? He grants us wisdom. And in fact, he grants us wisdom using these words or the words in your, ver in your version. He grants us wisdom how? What? Liberally. Generously, he likes to give us wisdom. So we ought to be asking God for wisdom, don't you think? God says, hey, I want to give you wisdom. If you lack wisdom, ask me, and I'm going to give it to you. So we need to be asking God for wisdom. One of the mistakes that we make in Christianity is that we don't simply ask God for wisdom enough. In fact, in other places, in the Gospels, Jesus said you don't have because you don't ask. We need to ask God for wisdom. You're faced with a tricky situation. God, give me wisdom that I might use the knowledge that I have to handle this thing properly. God, give me wisdom that I might discern. God, give me wisdom that I might choose. God, give me wisdom that I might act. We need to ask God for wisdom on a regular basis because the Bible says that he gives generously and without reproach. God gives wisdom. So we should, we should be those kinds of people that are, willing to, that are wanting to say, Lord, give me some wisdom. 
Give me some wisdom. And the Lord will give you that wisdom. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We read in verse 25. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So when we're asking God for wisdom, we're asking, we're asking the one for wisdom who has remarkable amounts of it. We're asking the one for wisdom who on his worst day is way better than anybody on their best day is what this is saying in effect, right? Okay, That his foolishness is a tons above man's wisdom. We're, we're going to the person we need to go to when we're asking God for wisdom. Verse number 30 of this same chapter. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. You need to understand that the Bible talks about on a regular basis that wisdom is given from God so that you can do what you need to do for the glory of God on this earth. Wisdom is something that God wants us to have. And wisdom is something that God pours out upon his people so that let him who boasts, boast in the Lord, so that we'll say that was of God. Because people will say once in a while, well, how do, why did you do that? Or how did you do that? Or how did you know to do that? Or whatever. And the answer, we need to be very careful to give the answer. And the answer is, the Lord did that. I asked God for wisdom, and he gave me wisdom. That was a really good answer that you gave that person. The Lord gave me that answer. I don't know where I got The Lord, he just gave me that. I asked him for wisdom before we had this meeting, and he gave me that. Okay? Let's keep reading. We want to go to verse uh, chapter 2 because this is a pretty cool chapter. It says in chapter 2, verse 1 of 1 Corinthians, And when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech, or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. So he didn't, Paul didn't say, I didn't come with my own smarts. For I was determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. This is not about man's smarts. It's not about man and our wisdom. This is about God and his wisdom and his power at work in us. Yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. Wisdom, however, not of this age nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away, but we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood, for if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. God's wisdom rises above and is totally different than man's wisdom on a regular basis. We need God's wisdom. We have man's wisdom. You have, you have some smarts. You have been created that way. You've been able to think and discern. God made you that way, but your wisdom only goes so far because your wisdom is all about you. It's, it's man's wisdom, and man's wisdom has limitations and faults. Okay? God's wisdom is far and above anything else. Yes, sir? 
John's question is, in the Greek, do I think there's a different word between those two words of wisdom in this chapter? I haven't looked at that, Don, but I'm willing to say no because I think the difference simply is going to reside in where it comes from. But I'll, I'll check that out. I'll look. So I, I don't know for sure, but I'd be surprised, quite honestly. Okay? So it goes on to say this. We keep reading. Verse 9 says, But it is just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. This passage, Paul is talking about what he did when he first came to the folks at Corinth, how he ministered to them, how he poured into them, and how he did it, which was by the Spirit of God. And then he goes on to say, and you who have the Spirit of God, you have great wisdom also to live your lives the way you ought to live your lives. Okay? Listen, one of the things that goes on in life many times is that we are faced with overwhelming things. And we will say on occasion, I don't know what to do. It is at that moment that you'd better be saying, God, I need wisdom. Because that's what you need at that very moment to understand how to deal with what you need to deal with. I need your wisdom. I need you. When we cut God out of the equation, when we're going through those difficult times and we say, I don't know what to do, when we cut him out of the equation, then it's going to fall to, it seems to me, I'm going to do what I think is best. I'm going to apply my knowledge and my wisdom apart from God to try to work my way through this thing. And oftentimes that leads us to disaster. Lord, I need wisdom. I need you to tell me what I ought to do next. Okay? Because this passage says you have been given the Spirit of God, which means you have been given the mind of Christ. You have great, great, great wisdom because of who you are, believer, and what God has done in your life. Okay? Never minimize that, but make sure he gets the credit. Yes? Sure. She said, she's heard it said that this church, this passage describes why the, the church is the light and salt on earth today. That's exactly right. That's right. We're the only ones that have it. We are different. That's exactly right. Not because of anything we've done, right? Right. It's not our human wisdom. We're different because Christ in us. Right? Let's go to another passage. Go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Okay, Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. 
that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and obtaining all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, that we might be knit together with him. And that's an important place to be because in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge so that you can live as you ought to live. You have lots of knowledge. Our, our problem in life, over and over again, generally speaking, is not that we need to know more. It's that we need to respo- respond properly to that which we know. Okay? We need that wisdom to act properly, to live properly, to respond properly, to choose properly. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. And beginning in verse 13. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that not which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is fierce, pure and peaceable and gentle and reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. So what James does is here, he draws, draws a very interesting contrast between, between man's wisdom and God's wisdom. And the result of what happens when man's wisdom is the guide whereby we go forward versus God's wisdom, the guide whereby we go forward, okay? He says, let's make sure of that. And, and then I think it's always important to notice some interesting words in the scriptures that take us back a little bit. Notice that he says, if, if, if you are acting in this way, verse 14, the wisdom that you are acting upon is not that which comes down from above, but the wisdom which you're acting upon is earthly, natural, and demonic, fascinating words in the Bible. We desperately want to have a neutral, don't we? Don't we just, we want a neutral. We want, it's not really of God and it's really not of Satan. It's just neutral. It's just kind of hanging in there. And as you read the Bible over and over again, what you learn is there's no such thing. It is of God or it is not. There's not that great big neutral area where we want to hang out where we can just say we're just kind of floating along here and hanging out here and, and everything's fine. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not immoral. It's not moral. We're just here. And the Bible draws a very, very clear line and says, you know what? This is of God. And if it's not of God over here, the Bible uses some pretty, pretty clear descriptive uh, phrases. Demonic, evil, wicked, those kinds of things. And we want to say it's just, it's, just, it's just okay. It's not. And that's an important distinction for us to understand. Yes? But you're talking about First Corinthians passage, right?
Yeah, and that's, that's not quite what Paul's saying in that passage. What Paul is saying is, I did not come with superior or eloquent wisdom. What he is saying is, I did not come using my education, my training, my incredible skills, my ability to wow you, all of the things that I have that I've been trained with. I didn't come as that, that guy to try to wow you. Rather, I came in a plain, simple way, proclaiming nothing but Christ, using the power of God and the wisdom of God. So even Paul in 1 Corinthians, he is contrasting human wisdom from God's wisdom and saying, I didn't come with that because what Paul was doing, and we've seen that in Acts as we've been going through our, our messages in the book of Acts, what Paul was making sure that he did was he was not coming to them and using the, the amazing dog and pony shows that were going on during that time in order to wow people so that they would follow this thing or that thing, this philosophy or that leader. Paul said, in effect, I'm not doing the dog and pony show. I could wow you with some of that stuff, but I'm not going to do it. Keep in mind, Paul was an incredibly educated man, very smart, very much had great ability, and he said, I'm not going to do that. Rather, I'm going to come, be simple, straightforward, in the power of God and the wisdom of God, proclaiming Jesus Christ. That's the contrast that he's making. Okay, make sense? So it's, we are smart. We do have ability. We do have, we do have the ability to, to put on a slick show and to wow people and to do some things. And Paul says that's not the kind of wisdom we need to be using. We need to be using the wisdom and the power of God in order to proclaim the gospel and show people him. Does that make sense, Michelle? That's what that passage is saying in 1 Corinthians, Okay. So it's real important that that's the contrast still. Paul said, I could, have, I could have depended upon me because Paul said at different times, I'm pretty smart, but I didn't depend upon me. I depended upon God, and that's what needs to happen, all right? And sometimes the smarter we are, the harder that is, right? And Paul was an incredibly smart guy. Yeah, it, it should have said Paul, with all of his wisdom and knowledge and education, had gone the wrong way. That's exactly right. He had gone the wrong way and depended on some other things, the, the, the intellectual direction of life at that moment, rather than the direction for the wisdom of God. That's exactly right. Let's go to the next verse. Let's go to, let's go to Proverbs real quick, and then we'll go to uh, look at Solomon a little bit. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. Um, let, me, let me talk about what Michelle brought up a little bit, a little further before we read, um, before we do the Proverbs one. Well, actually, it says in Proverbs 1, 7, the verse we're going to look at, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It is real important that we understand, and this is a hard thing to, to do in life. This is really hard. It's important that we understand that we do have the ability to do things in our own power and our own flesh and get things done. But we need to not do that. We need to rather do things in the power of God. 
because we understand that life is spiritual and I want God's power and God's influence in my life. Let me give you an example of that, okay? So I have been in ministry for a long time, obviously. Do you think that I ought to be able to put together a sermon at this point in my life? I ought to be able to do that, right? Do you think I can put together a sermon without God's help, without without God's insight, without God's, can I put together something where I can stand in front of other people and proclaim truth? Absolutely I can. Because I've been doing this for a really long time and I can do that. Is that the right thing to do? No. I need to put together a sermon with what? God's power, fear and trembling. I need to have God's power. I need to say, Lord, work through me. Make these words your words. God, give me the ideas. I want to yield to you as I do this so that what's going on then when it's presented is you, not me, okay? That's, that's kind of an example of what Paul was saying to a certain degree. And we all have that in all of our lives. And the thing is, is that we need to be sure that we are not doing it on our own. I'll give you another example that's just as, just as relevant and just as important, okay? Our marriages. Do you have the ability to be the kind of spouse that you need to be? Yeah, you've been a spouse for a long time. You probably can do the right thing. But if you will ask God for wisdom, you will be the kind of spouse you're really supposed to be biblically. God, give me wisdom in how I respond. God, give me wisdom in what I do. God, give me wisdom in how I deal with this issue, this crisis, this you fill in the blank. Okay? We have a great ability to do things in our own flesh and our own power because we have experience of living and experience of doing. But as Christians, what we're supposed to do is recognize that I want the power of God to work through me, and I want God to accomplish this, and I want God to get the credit, and I want to yield to God, and I don't want to do it my way. I want to do it God's way. That is an incredibly difficult line and place to find in life. But that's what the Bible says, and, and 1 Corinthians is a great example of that. That's what's supposed to happen in life on a regular basis. We all have the ability to go through life at this point with who's in this room. At this point in our life, we have a lot of experience. We, ha we all have the ability to go through life and do what we do simply because we can do it. But God says, I want you to yield to me as you do what you can do and as you do it. I want my power to come through that. I want, I want you to do this it resting in me and, and, and I want you to get the wisdom from me and I want you to get the, 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 the ability from I want you to understand that it's me at work in you yield to me as you do these things okay yes sir He says that sometimes he thinks God gives us the wisdom, but we're too smart to use it. I like that phrase. That's exactly right. Because I've been doing this for a long time, and I know how. That's a very good phrase. Okay? We, we, does that all make sense to you? Does that make sense? That is, that is probably one of the most difficult things that we are called on to do as Christians, is allow God to work through me when I know what I'm doing. I've been doing it for a long time. Okay? Now, I'm going to go back and say, look, God did this, and God gave me the ability and all that. But the fact of the matter is, I've been practicing it ever since, and I can do it. But what you're doing is spiritual in nature. Invite God into it. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for his power that you might be doing it in him. 
And this is a tough thing, but this is where we need to be in God. And, and then we are resting in him, we are walking in him, and we are giving him the glory on a regular basis when this happens. Okay? All right, a couple more comments. If we do it in our own power, is it blessed by God, or does God want us to seek him and get his wisdom before we do it is the question, right? And I believe the answer is, yes, it is blessed by God over and over again because God blesses in remarkable ways. Let's, pick, let's use me in the example I gave you, the sermon. Let's assume, let's assume that, that whatever, I don't care. You guys throw the scenario in there. You figure it out, whatever it is, this last week, and so I did it all on my own because God and I were mad at each other for whatever reason, and so I was just doing it all on my own. Okay? I stand in front of the pulpit and I proclaim the word of God because that's what I'm using. I'm not t- preaching out of Newsweek or Time. I'm using the word of God. Is God going to bless that? You bet he is because God does what? Blesses his word. Who's losing out? I am. That's exactly right. So is God doing it? Yeah, he really is. But I'm losing out. And the other thing that's, that's not going on there then is God's using that. But the next thing that's not happening is I'm unable to say, God's power did this in my life this week. God was at work here because I'm not doing that. So then God's glory also gets shortchanged because I'm not proclaiming God's glory in what went on in my life this last week. So I believe that God does use it, but we're not the ones that are are growing like we are. We're not being blessed. We're not understanding that relationship, and we're not where we need to be. Okay? Do I think that that's across the board? Sometimes it may not happen, but generally speaking, God's going to continue to do it because that's what God does. And I, and I say that because God uses unsaved people to accomplish things all the time also. The Bible talks about that too. God uses ungodly kings. God, God accomplishes his work through all sorts of different people. The Bible teaches us. Okay? But we're going to miss out, and you're not going to grow, and you're not going to... And, and here's, the, here's the great thing you're going to miss when that happens. A joy of walking with Jesus Christ. Because if you as a believer are living your life in your, own, in your own wisdom and in your own power and your own strength, there's going to be something missing in you and there's going to be a little angst going on on a regular basis. Because you're trying to push down the Spirit of God on a regular basis. And there's going to be that battle going on inside of you. And I think a lot of people are missing the joy of Christianity because we are not yielding to and allowing the power of and the wisdom of God to work in our lives. And so we find Christianity a chore. Okay? Willie? Right. Absolutely. Willie just said that no matter what our profession is, whether it's in the medical field or a farmer or a rocket scientist or a housewife, whatever, we recognize that God has given us the ability to do that stuff. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Listen, when we talk about God healing people many times medically, don't you think that God's using the, the wisdom and the skill that he has given people in order to do that? I think he is too. Sometimes he bypasses them, but sometimes he uses them. And because it's his wisdom and it's his skill and it's, it's his ability that is going on with that whether they acknowledge it or not. That's exactly right. Okay? 
So this is where we need to try to be in our life. It's a hard place to be because we're so used to just living our lives. We've got to make sure that we are incorporating God into it all the time, all the time. God, give me wisdom. God, uh, work through me. God, I, I pray that you'd cause me to yield to you today, that I would obey you today, that, that my life would not be my life. Isn't that what Paul said in Galatians 2, right? That the life that I live today in the flesh is lived by faith, son of man who lives inside of me, okay? That's how my life needs to be lived. That takes a conscious effort on my part because I'm so used to living life. I can live, so can you. There's a lot of things we do in life that we can just do. We've done it so long. It's a habit, exactly. It, it needs to be, that verse needs to come alive for us. Turn there real quick so that we can all look at that. Go to Galatians 2. Okay? This is what Paul's talking about when he says this. This is the idea that he's about. And this is why asking God for wisdom is so important in our lives. He says in verse 20 of Galatians chapter 2, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And we understand what he's talking about, right? Because he's talking about people that are alive, right? Paul, Paul Paul hadn't died yet. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives within me. Paul, you're still alive. What are you talking about? He's talking about the spiritual being. Christ is now living in him. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. That I don't live my life with me at the helm or the steering wheel or the controls. Christ is at the helm and the steering wheel and the controls, and he's living my life. It's physical. You see it as physical, but it's Christ that is doing that inside of me. That is a battle. That's a chore. That is hard, but that's where we need to get to in Christianity in our lives, okay? That truly is a relationship, isn't it? But, boy, we need to get there. It's got to be conscious. You've got to want, you got to practice that. You've got you to get up tomorrow, and that's what you need to talk to God about before you even begin your day. You're not even hardly out of bed yet. That's what you need to be talking to God about is that, Lord, today, live, your, live in me, through me, my life, your power, okay? Your desires, your glory, all of that. And that prayer is only going to last you that long, so you've got to pray it again real quick. And then you're going to have to pray it again and again and again and again. Because it's only going to last a little while because we're in this life and you need to pray it again and again. And you need to do that regular. You know, and so when you start thinking in those terms, then those verses that talk about praying without ceasing, well, that kind of makes sense then, doesn't it? I guess that throughout the day I'm talking about the Lord living his life through me. Lord, cause me to make this decision. God, empower me here. God, give me wisdom here. And all of a sudden, throughout my day, at the end of the day, I think, wow, I've been talking to God a lot today. And at the end of the day, I can say, Lord, I... I did my best to live my life to your glory. Thanks for working in me for that today. That's where we need to be. Hard place. We need to be there. Yep. Cain's point was when they were studying Ephesians and in Revelation, they talked about the Ephesians church that lost their first love. They left it. And, and, and 
as she studied that, she says that she feels like maybe they weren't praying. When we don't pray, we lose, we leave that first love, that prayer is an important thing. And absolutely, prayer is a lifeline to, to God, that we need to have that in our life on a regular basis. All righty. Um, go to Proverbs 3. If you go back to Proverbs real quick, we'll do one more verse, and then uh, we'll move along. Proverbs chapter 3, and it's verse 7. And this is, this is what we've been talking about over and over again, all right? This, this is the concept. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Do not be wise in your own eyes, okay? I do this because I think that it's the right thing. I think it's the right thing. As opposed to, I do this because God says it's the right thing. I, I've asked God for wisdom, and he has led me, and he has directed me, and he has done this, all right? So this is a pretty important verse. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but rather fear the Lord. In other words, I'm going to yield to him, and I'm going to allow him to work in my life in this amazing area. I don't want my wisdom to be the one that is dictating. Since we're in Proverbs, go over to Proverbs chapter, um, we'll stay in chapter 3, and we'll look beginning in verse 13. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her profit is better than the profit of silver and her gain better than fine gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand. Who is her? Who are we talking about here? Wisdom. Very good. Okay. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her and happy are all who hold her fast. The wisdom, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the, the heavens. His knowledge, the depths were broken up and the skies dipped with dew. My son, let them not vanish from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So they will be life to your soul and adornment to your neck. Then you will walk in your way securely and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden fear nor the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Wisdom. Wisdom. There's a lot of people that believe that this section of Proverbs is actually talking about Jesus Christ. Okay? Wisdom. And where are we getting wisdom from? From God over and over again. You're not going to get it on your own. You're not going to drum it up. You're not going to imagine it. You're not going to dream it. Okay, it's from the Lord. This is a great passage of Scripture to talk about. Look, look what this will do for you. Wisdom will do this amazing thing. Don't let it vanish from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. They will be life to your soul and adornment to your neck. You will walk in your way securely. Your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you won't be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet because of wisdom, because God is directing you and you are resting in him and life is where it needs to be all right so wisdom is a pretty good thing our lesson today is about wisdom from first kings solomon so flip on over to first kings chapter three and what is it that we know about Solomon? What is it that the Bible says and that people say and, and is used by people inside and outside of Christianity today all the time about Solomon? Wisest man that ever lived. And if you want to have great wisdom, if you're facing a conundrum and you need things, an expression might be that we need the wisdom of Solomon to figure this thing out, right? Okay? And what we learn from chapter 3 is that the Lord comes to Solomon and he says to him, Solomon, I want to give you whatever it is that you'd like. What would you like to have? 
And Solomon's prayer was what? I need what? I need wisdom. Solomon knew that he needed help from God in order to do this great task. Look at 1 Kings chapter 3, beginning at verse number 6. Then Solomon said, You have shown great loving kindness to your servant David, my father, according as he walked before you in truth and righteousness and uprightness of heart towards you. And you have reserved for him this great loving kindness, and you have given him a son to sit on the throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in, a, uh, in, a, in place of my father David, yet I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. Your servant is in the midst of your people which you have chosen, a great people who are too many to be numbered or counted. So what is it that Solomon has admitted to in verses 6, 7, and 8 here that we need to admit to also? I am not capable of doing the job you've given me. That's exactly what Solomon said. That's exactly what he said. And the problem with us saying that, why is that so hard for us to say today? Pride. Absolutely. Pride. I can't, I, I'm not willing to admit I can't do it, right? I, if I have if I a prayer like that, I'm saying I can't do it. And, well, I want to be able to do it. Okay? And Solomon said I can't do it. Here's the thing. Read the New Testament through. Read it very carefully. And then go out and do it. And if, you're, and if you have any sense at all, you're going to say what? I can't do this. But it can be done How? God's power at work in us. Solomon said, I recognize that I don't deserve any of that has happened to me. I recognize that I am not unique, that it is, you have done all of this, that you are amazing. And so he says in verse 9, so give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, to discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? And so God did that for him. It was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said, because you have asked this thing, you have not asked for yourself long life, nor have you asked riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself for discernment and understand judgment. Behold, I have done according to your words. I have given you a wise and discerning heart so that there is no one like you before, nor shall there be anyone arise after you. I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there will not be any among the kings like you in all of your days. One of the things that happens when we ask God for the right thing in the right order in the right way, God does that and blesses us beyond that. One of the neat things that happens when we ask God for wisdom is we find that indeed that, that it's overflowing our cup, isn't it? Because all of a sudden the right things are going on in the right way. This is where we need to be also. We need to be right here where Solomon was and say, Lord, I need I need you in my life. And I want to challenge you that you will think about this and you will think about the fact that you need God's wisdom to live your daily life for the glory of God. You need God's wisdom. Now, I understand you can do it on your own. You're smart. You got a lot of experience. But for God's glory... Let's, let's start our days and let's go through our day regularly. Lord, I need your wisdom right now. Lord, I need you right now. I need you. I need you to do a mighty work in me. 
can't do it without you. I don't want to do it without you. That's where we need to be. I challenge you this week, make that your prayer and your desire every day, regularly throughout the day. Lord, this is what I need. I, I need it from you. I, I'm about to have a conversation with somebody. I need your wisdom. I might encounter somebody. I'm not sure. I need your wisdom. You make a decision. I need your wisdom. I need to act in a godly way here. I need your wisdom. And you make a choice. I need your wisdom. Yeah, Willie. Right. Yeah. All of us of God. The, the fact that we even ask is because God's working in our life. That's exactly right. It is, it is all God. It's all about God. That's what we need to do. That's, I, I would encourage you to do that this week. Make that your simple project. Okay? And, and, and here's the thing when you start off on something like this. It, if you start on Monday and you do really well and then you find out that it's, you know, Monday night before, since you've done it again, don't give up. Don't throw up your hands and say, oh, I can't do it. Start again. It's okay. Okay? Think about Solomon. He said, Lord, I can't. I don't have the ability to do the task you've asked me to do. Without you, Lord, I don't have the ability to do the task you've asked me to do. I need you. Lord, I need you. Let's do that this week, every day. Let's see what happens. Father, we thank you very much for our time together this morning. And this idea of wisdom is so amazing because it, it comes from the Lord God of the universe. It's way beyond us. Father, we recognize that simply by living by habit, by experience, we are able to do a lot on our own. And we know that we get into that mindset, and we ask that you'd forgive us for that, that we would not live our life that way, but we're at, rather we would live our life like the Apostle Paul, his example and his words through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that, that the life that we now live in the flesh, we would live by the Son of God, the one who died, the crucified one, the one who is alive, that Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit inside of us, that, that he would be living his life through us. Father, we pray that that would happen, that we would just be consumed this week with saying, Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, live your life through me. Get me out of the way. You shine. And then, Father, do a work in our lives that we would look at what has happened throughout the week and stand back and give you the glory for the amazing things that will go on. We pray this in Jesus' name.